Hello there, welcome to Revelation from the Heart podcast, bringing you timely teaching from the Word of God. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett. I would love to stay connected with you online. You can visit my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. From there, you can access my social media links as well as join the mailing list and receive updates right to your inbox. Be sure to like my page on Facebook at Paula Cornett Ministries, follow me on Instagram, or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited for what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. Well, grab your Bible. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Revelations from the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Minister Paula Cornett, and this is episode number 84. Well, this is the conclusion of a five-part series of the signs we will see just before Jesus returns that I've been doing for the last few weeks. And we've been camped out in Matthew 24 throughout this series, along with uh, also in Mark 13, 5 through 13, and Luke 21, 8 through 19. So I hope that you have been enjoying this series. I know I have. I've enjoyed and I've learned so much myself as I've been teaching. And I'll probably go back and uh, just kind of meditate on these scriptures even that much more. So if you're just listening to this podcast for the first time, this is part of a a series, uh, the final episode of a series. So you're going to want to go back and start. I believe it's episode 80 is where you want to start listening and then listen to them consecutively because I just build upon uh the past episode so we're concluding with the series of signs you will see just before Jesus returns so let's quickly review as i conclude with this uh particular topic so um you can go back like i said in the archives and listen to the other teachings cuz i'm going to skim through this review really really quick cuz i've done more of an in-depth teaching in previous episodes on this review so in Matthew 24 Jesus is having a private discussion with the disciples, all right? So for those of you that have been listening, you know that. And they asked Jesus a two-part question that's very specific. They asked Jesus, when will these things be and what will be the sign or the indicator of your coming and of the end of the world? That word world translates to mean age. So the world is never going to come to an end, but this age that we know will come to an end and soon approaching coming to an end and just as jesus uh in matthew 24 the opening of that particular uh chapter him and the jesus and the disciples were they were looking at the temple and jesus told them that said that uh one day all of these things they're, they're going to um not one stone is going to be here it's going to be in ruins and so just as jesus predicted it was hard for them to believe that at the time because of the, the, the magnitude of this structure. But today that that uh, temple is in ruins. And so just as Jesus predicted, that would happen that also to the things that he predicts further on in this chapter about the end of the age are coming to pass. In fact, we are the generation that is seeing that as you soon will find out as we go through these signs. So the disciples, they got an earful of not only one but they actually got 22 signs that jesus gave them that will be evident in society right before jesus returns so he strongly says to the disciples starting in verse 4 he says take heed he says listen closely and pay attention let no man deceive you and he says it very strongly let no man deceive you so the first thing that we see the kickoff 
of the end of the age will be that there will be worldwide deception. And not only is that deception going to be in the world and in society, but that deception is also going to be in the church. And we definitely see that there's a worldwide deception that is in the world. And there's also deception that has crept into the church. Uh, how do you safeguard against deception? You got to safeguard against deception by staying in the word of God. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. There's a lot of things that are out there that can try to lure you away, but you got to stay in that word. You got to stay in the word because that's where the truth is. So then he goes on to say in Matthew in uh, verse uh, five, it says, uh, verse six, rather, and he says, and if you, you shall hear wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled. So when you hear these things, don't let anxiety and worry grip you. Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So wars, we hear of them, rumors of war, which means something we will hear, maybe not so much experience ourselves, but we will hear. And we do, we hear and we see of wars and rumors of war. And when he talks about these signs, uh, he's not talking about how throughout history we have seen these signs sporadically, but he's talking about the end of the age where you will see these signs like come very quickly, very fast. He says, for nation will rise against nation. So there'll be commotions, there'll be terrorism, there'll be warring political system, a class of culture, ethnic conflict. That word nation is the word ethnos. So ethnic group against ethnic group, kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines, uh, widespread famine. And not only is it going to be famine of food, but also economic instability, a famine of money. And we cannot forget those that are in need around us. We cannot turn a deaf eye, uh, a deaf ear rather, and we cannot turn our eyes to those that are in need if we are capable of helping those that are in need. And he doesn't just say uh, famine, but famines, plural. He goes on to say pestilences, plural. So this means an emergence of new and old diseases. So we're going to see uh, new diseases that we've never even heard of before uh, come on the scene. And we're going to hear of old diseases that have been centuries ago, long time ago. They're going to come back up and resurface. There's also going to be unknown diseases. Then he goes on to say that there will be earthquakes, plural, in diverse places. And now teaching about, uh, talking about earthquakes, we just had, there was just an earthquake in Turkey a couple of weeks ago, a devastating earthquake. Uh, and that was not the only one, but when I looked up in the, uh, just Googled it, and you can do it for yourself, earthquakes in 2023. And this was just in the U.S. alone, that there have already been 150 plus earthquakes. A lot of times the earthquakes are happening, but they're not reported because either the magnitude of them isn't that great or because it's happening in remote locations. But scientists can agree that there is more seismic activity in the earth today than ever before. So we're seeing great seismic activity. And then he goes on to say in verse eight that all these are the beginning of sorrows. This word sorrows is the same uh, in the Greek is the same word that we use for a woman that is in travail, a woman that is having contractions. Once those contractions start, they can't be stopped. So there's a, we're in a transition of a new age being birthed. All right. And so the earth is actually travailing. That's why the earth is quaking. It's travailing because the earth recognizes that there is something taking place, you know, that things are changing, things are shifting. They're taking place. I can remember when my sister had my oldest nephew and she uh, went into labor 
uh, her, my, my sister and my mom and I, we were uh, shopping the whole day, getting the last minute things. And we got home that evening. Uh, she started kind of having some contractions. They were like five, six hours, but well, well, about three, four hours apart. And so my mother was like, call me when they, when the doctor tells you to come in. And she went on to sleep because she knew she had already had four children. She knew that, you know, until they get close together, there's not much taking place. But once they started to get five minutes apart, we had to go quickly. There was nothing we could do to stop, you know, what was happening. Those pains start to hit and those contractions, they start to come. They're not three hours away, but now they're five minutes apart. And so the, the earth, in essence, is doing the same thing that it is travailing because it there's something being birthed. It also talks about fearful sights, great signs in the heavens. I covered that in a previous episode. Widespread persecution of believers that's where we want to pick up today matthew 24 9 it says then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and they shall and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another so i'm going to group all of that together and just touch that to touch that really quickly because i want to get to the uh the last few that I have as well. So there's going to be widespread persecution of believers, legal persecution of believer, imprisonment of believers. Now, persecution of believers is happening uh in a lot of other nations as we speak. There are people that are and that have been uh killed for the faith, that have been tortured for the faith. But it talks about this word afflicted. And this word afflicted is the Greek word thalipsis, which means affliction tribulation, trouble, great pressure, crushing pressure, suffocating pressure, a horrible fight, life-threatening squeeze. So it's going to be very intense, very intense for believers. And he goes on to say that they will kill. That just means a terrible slaughter. Like literally there will be people that are, that have been killed and that are being killed. And then it also talks about the word hated. And hated is just I'm just going to sum it up very simply. It's deep hatred. It's not dislike, but it's a deep hatred. It's deep hatred. And then many will be offended. Okay, so this word offended is the word scandalous or scandal. And many will be betrayed. It means to deliver you in the hands or over to something else to betray by delivering. So when it talks about the affliction, it refers to situations that cause intense pressure. For you to bend to society. It may cost you your job if you don't do what they tell you to do or what they want you to do. Your family can pressure you because you don't believe a certain way. You're taking a stand against certain things. It also depicts bullying, intimidation, harassment. Now the early believers, they experienced this type of persecution. Because the problem with the Christians were they only served one God. And so a lot of times the emperor or whoever was ruling at that particular time they didn't care what gods you worship but just in conjunction with worshiping your god that you worshiped that ruler uh, that emperor as well and when you didn't when you said no we're not bowing to the emperor we're not doing those things then a lot of times um they had to suffer consequences they had to suffer job loss uh family alienation and even death many were martyred for the faith because of the stance that they took so uh, many Christians are being outright slaughtered for their stance, for standing on the truths of the word of God. Christianity was viewed as a scandalous belief in the, in the early um, 
since the first century is viewed as a, just a just a scandalous belief because it goes against the norms of society. So society viewed the Christians as bigots and narrow-minded because Jesus is the only way, the only truth and life. That's it. Society wanted to go through all these other paths and avenues. No, Jesus is the only way. For anybody to say anything different, it is not the truth. Jesus tells us, I'm the way. I am the truth and I am the life. No man comes to the father, but by me. So if you didn't go through Jesus to get to God, then, then you haven't, you haven't, you haven't crossed over. So society viewed them as bigots and narrow minded because of their beliefs. Society wanted them to modify the faith, just like they're trying to do today. As a believer, you can't compromise your convictions to please people. You can't compromise your convictions to have friends. You can't compromise your convictions to just have followers and likes and views on social media. You must contend for the faith and hold fast to the truths that are in the word of God. Society wants you to accept that abortion is right. Society wants you to accept that homosexuality and lesbianism, that it's, it's the norm of society. It's the way that people are going. People are confused. They don't know who they are, who God has intended for them to be. In fact, you see commercials now where you see more and more these types of relationships being advertised in our faces. We can never accept those things. We can never be comfortable with those things because what happens, the more you see something, they want, they want you to be desensitized to just seeing it till you begin to accept it and say, oh, that's just what people are doing. It doesn't matter what people are doing or what they're condoning. It is still against the word of God. And we have to stand and love the people. Yes, but tell them the truth that if you don't repent of this uh, situation that you are in, you're not going to see God. You're not going to go to heaven because there's the Bible talks and says there is no, uh, those that are in that type of lifestyle will not enter the inherit the kingdom of God. Society wants you to accept sin. They want you to accept sin, fornication, uh, adultery. They want you to just accept sin and just go along with it. That's the way people are doing. They're shacking up now. They're not getting married. They're living together. It is still sin. And if you are doing that, you need to repent and you need to get out of that because sin is what takes you to hell. It's what takes you to hell, period. So the Bible hasn't changed. Repentance is still key in the kingdom. You must be born again if you want to see the Lord. That's the, you must be born again to see the Lord. So hatred is also going to be in families. And families will be betraying one another. Luke 21. Let me turn there really quick. Luke 21 uh, and 12 says this. Hold on, let me get to it. Yeah, I still use my Bible. I could use my phone, but I, I like to turn my pages. You hear them turning? <laughs> Luke 21, 12 says this. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. For my name's sake. So physical arrests will happen. Okay, physical arrest will happen and also they will try to do things and they are trying to do things as we speak in legislation that really target the Christians. They know that, you know, we have to, we can't go against what the word of God says. And so in order, if we don't do what society wants or what they're trying to push, then we have to suffer the consequences. Example, like with Daniel, uh, 
Daniel in the lion's den. You know, they made a decree. They actually tricked the king to make a decree. And Daniel, he, he stayed true to what the word of God says. And he was thrown into the lion's den, but God preserved him and kept him even in the midst of that terrible situation. The little Hebrew boys, Daniel's little friends. It's a powerful, powerful story of how uh, the, the, uh, uh, the king had uh, erected this big altar, and uh, this big idol of himself, image of himself, and wanted the people to, to worship him. said at the sound of, of you know, the, the music playing, then you fall down and you worship. And they couldn't do it because they couldn't go against God. And they refused to do it and said, oh, king, we, we, we respect you and everything like that because you're king, but we will not bow. We will not bow to you, not today, not tomorrow, not ever, because we only bow to the one true and living God. So the consequence was to be thrown in a furnace of fire. They knew what was ahead of them. And they told him, they said, look, do with us what you want. Our God will save us. And if he don't, we're still not going to bow. There's nothing you can do to break me because I'm staying true to the word of God. And that's the kind of attitude that we have to have in these last days, that you have to be bold and courageous and stand on the truth of the word of God. So Christian world, Christians worldwide, they are suffering for their faith, for taking a stand, for holding fast to biblical principles. They're getting persecuted for it. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Well, you can't run and hide. God hasn't called you to be a coward. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but we got to stay in the word because the word of God is the anchor for our soul. You got to stay in the word. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you. Got to have the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you. All right. And then you need church fellowship. You get encouragement from other believers because it's tough out here. Because when you stand for the things of God and when you walk according to the principles of the Bible, which are being done away with more and more and more, and society is getting darker and darker and darker, you're going to need encouragement from other believers. But remember this, that God is with us and we will not fail. We will not fail. So he goes on to say, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Okay, so this word uh, false prophets is the Greek word pseudo prophets. How you say it? It's a false revelator, cult leaders, cultic movements. So revelation is not coming from God. It's false. And some of this stuff that people have gotten into, you can see this. I'm like, where are they getting this stuff from? Where? What is this? All these this crazy new stuff rising up. Jesus said it would rise up like a like cult movements. That's what you see, like these movements rising up. People not even believing the word of God. People uh, believing that they are the 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 Israel, the original Israelites, and uh, hating white people and, uh, you know, just all this other kind of stuff. God is not the author of that. God is not the author of hate. Uh, God, God is, God is not in none of that, none of that. But Jesus said that there will be a rise of this, and that many will be deceived by these things. Many people, uh, are being deceived by things that they're watching on YouTube, things that they see on YouTube. You know, anybody can get a YouTube channel or, uh, things of that nature and just start talking and all that kind of stuff. But there's a difference when you've been called and commissioned by God to do something, when you're just doing something because, you know, you just want to say something. Okay. So don't let that be you. Stick with Jesus. Stick with the word because that's where the truth is. Now it says that uh, many 
uh, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. This word many is, is the same both times when it's used. It means the same thing. It means multitudes. So there's going to be multitudes of false prophets deceiving multitudes of people. And we see that people are being deceived left and right. People that once uh, held on to the faith are turning away from the faith. They don't believe like that no more, you know, and things like that. So I want to read just really quick from um, Pastor Renner's book because uh, he has it all in here. And it was easier for me just to read it to you than to... um, than to try to write it down. So the truth is that there are multitudes of individuals and religious organizations that claim to be divinely authorized and inspired, but they are false in that they do not represent the truth of the Bible. Some of them might preach and adhere to some Bible truth, but the core Bible doctrines of salvation through Christ alone, his death and resurrection, and his present day position and ministry are tainted and erroneous. To the great detriment of the followers of these groups, a few notable groups in this category that would probably recognize that you would probably recognize are as follows. I'm going to name some of them: Baha'i faith, New Age religions, Buddhism, Scientology, Hinduism, Unitarianism, Christian Science, Islam, Universalism, Edgar Case Organization, Mysticism, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, Sung Young Moon. Eastern cults, hair, Krishna, those like that. And I'm going to add another one in here. Hebrew Israelites. These are all cults. These are all uh, uh, religions and beliefs that have erroneous doctrine that is not founded in the scripture. That's not founded in the scripture. Each of these religious movements have an originator or founder who claims some special visitation from God, whether by an angel, a dream, or some other supernatural means. He or she receives so-called revelation that either does not exist within the Bible or that alters the meaning of the Bible. Let's take a brief look at a few of these more well-known examples. So I'm going to read just one of the uh, Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormon movement. He claimed to have a divine visitation with an angel that resulted in the writing of an entirely different book of Revelation, the Book of Mormon. Today, there are millions of Mormons who spread the extra-biblical teachings of Joseph Smith. The claims of Smith continue to be proclaimed today through the mammoth-sized organization called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's a cult. It's a cult because it's not founded in the truth of Scripture. It's not founded in the truth of Scripture. So those are just a few uh, uh, to name. The next one that he goes on to say, Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. (coughs) Excuse me. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So result, as of iniquity abounding, the love of many will wax cold. And this word iniquity, it just means lawlessness. A lawless attitude. And so what is lawlessness? Lawlessness is just living apart from God's laws and principles. So it's a worldwide rejection of the word of God. And we see that there's a worldwide rejection of the biblical truths and principles that we once lived upon. And if you notice, society was a whole lot better when we held fast to those biblical truths. The love of many will wax cold as a result because of the rejection of the word of God. And it's interesting to note that this word wax cold, it it means cold air or a breeze that cools or freezes. So it's a cold wind that's blowing to get people numb. 
to get people numb to sin, whether that's sin in their own lives, you know, just kind of overlook it, or if they're condoning sin in other people's lives, or if they're just not speaking up against things, uh, you know, that are not uh, speaking out against sin or, you know, addressing it in different things. They just don't say anything, you know, or just kind of let it slide or let it pass. So as a result, the love of many will wax cold. Don't let your love wax cold. Don't let your love wax cold. Say, well, how do I do? You got to stay on fire for the Lord. You got to stay ablaze for for the Lord by reading your word, fellowshipping with uh, other believers and stirring yourself up in the Holy Ghost because we're living in dark times. And even though we live in dark times, you know, the light of the gospel, God is bright, his light shines brighter. So you have to continue to keep yourself from those things. Okay, so here it is, folks, the final and last sign that this is the closure of everything. This is the last sign that we know that, okay, uh, it could be any day now. All right. So he goes on to say, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. This is good. Verse 13 says, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. So in other words, what he's saying is, if you can maintain through all of this, you're going to be saved. If you, if you can, if you can endure all this, you got to hold fast. You got to endure to the end, hang on to the end, so the same shall be saved. Verse 14 said, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Then shall the end come. So the gospel of the of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. What and what does that mean? When I was younger, I used to wonder, you know, like well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, this word preach. Is very interesting because it means not only it means preached or to be heralded, uh, to be heralded by any means. When it says any means, that's so very important. Uh, with that in the world, it's not talking about the cosmos, or it's not talking about uh, the other uh, wor words that we use for world here. But this word world here is actually talking about the civilized, inhabited, sophisticated world, the technology, techno technically advanced world. So the developed world, when it's preached to the developed world, society, then the end, tell us the ultimate conclusion or climax of a thing. So once the gospel has been preached to the tech, I can't hardly say that word, <laughs> technological world, then it will be finished. That'll be it. So the first history Christians, they were limited because they didn't have the advancements to go into all the world. They had to travel by foot most of the time and, you know, their means of traveling. They couldn't get, we can get any place just by flying an airplane in sometimes in, in a matter of 30 minutes. And if it's a, you know, another country, sometimes a couple of days, as opposed to them, they couldn't get there for a while. So they didn't have these advancements to go into all the world. But today we do. People everywhere have either a cell phone. Or they have access to the internet. You see a homeless person with a cell phone. You see people in sometimes underdeveloped countries. They have a cell phone or access to the internet. Where there are um, on the internet or, you know, access to someone. There are people that are preaching, that are teaching continually. There are podcasts where people are sharing the gospel. So people have access to these things. Okay, so, I, you know, I can sit from my home. I'm sitting from my home right now. And I'm touching the world through this podcast, reaching nations that I've never even heard of. My voice is being projected. The gospel is being preached and taken probably to some places that I'll never even set foot in. 
but my voice is going there, is being heard. So my friends, the signs that Jesus gave to the disciples we see playing out in our society today. It's time to get your heart right. It's time that you give your life to the Lord if you haven't done so because this age is coming to an end. I hope this series has not only informed you that you've come away with a greater understanding of the signs that uh, Jesus talks about, but I hope that you will do further study and reading on your own. I hope that you will purchase the book, Signs You Will See, just before Jesus returns. Uh, But my hope and prayer is that this teaching has ignited your heart for the things of God and ignited your heart to keep looking up because Jesus is coming and he's coming soon. He's coming soon and you got to stay ready because we never, we don't know. Now the scripture says that we occupy until he comes. It doesn't mean we just sit around, you know, doing nothing, but we continue, we continue to preach and teach and continue to uh, minister to people, continue to love on our family, continue to share the gospel with people we continue to work and do what we have to do. We occupy until he comes because we don't know the hour of the day of his return. So thank you so very much for uh, joining me for this series and be sure to stay tuned next week as we'll start the kickoff with some guests, have some wonderful guests lined up. I'm so excited uh, for the next few weeks as I start to interview guests and, um, just be a blessing. And if you want to, if I were you, I would go back and just kind of re-listen to these episodes because I know they're kind of rich and sometimes a lot of information, but also do the studies on your own. So let me just pray for you really quick. Father God, I just thank you for those that are listening to this podcast that have tuned in. Father God, for those that know you and know of your return, I thank you for helping us to continue to stay ready and prepared, keeping our hearts uh, clean and pure and free from any strife and offense. And I just thank you, Father God, that you continue to watch over us, Lord, as we walk day by day and wherever we go, wherever we are at in the world, Father God, even though you're seated high, you look low. And I thank you, Father, that you're watching over each and every one of us in our situation and in our circumstance. Father God, I pray for those that may not know you, Father God, that may be listening to this podcast and they know and sense that there's some things that are going on and they don't want to be left here, so to speak, and they don't want to uh, continue on the way that they're going. Well, Father, I thank you for touching and convicting the hearts of those that are lost and that need to know you. And I just want to pray with you right now that if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your day. This is the invitation for you to do so. And if you just say this simple prayer with me and receive him into your heart and ask for forgiveness of your sins, you will be saved. So just say this prayer with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you right now, a sinner in need of a Savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I acknowledge you as Lord and ask you to come into my heart. Show me how to live for you in these last days. Satan, you go from me now. You're not my God. I belong to Jesus and I'm going to serve him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So if you pray that prayer, be sure to find a church, a Bible teaching church that is uh, in your area or near to you so that you can grow in the things of God. Because the Bible says that God would have it, that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. Uh, Just stay encouraged in the Lord. If you have sickness in your body, I thank you, Father, that you are the Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, touch every heart, 
Touch everybody, physical body, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, for sickness and disease. It's already been taken care of on Calvary, that Jesus paid the price. So we give you glory and honor and praise, Father God. In the mighty matchless name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Remember the words in Romans 10 and 17 that says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Until next time, God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with someone in your life. Also, share on your social media outlets. And I would love for you to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel. You can find the links to all my pages by visiting my website at www.paulacornette.weebly.com. God bless you and hope that you will take time to listen again soon. Thank you.